Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the GAR. My name is Lee Costello and I'm delighted to be joined by our hurling expert and sports Joe extraordinaire, Niall McIntyre. Niall, how's it going? Very good, Lee. I'm still excited after the game yesterday and even more excited now that I'm joined by two Tyrone men who uh, <laughs> I'd say to be very disappointed after the result yesterday. Very disappointed, but I am excited to introduce our new guest, uh, Kyle Coney, a fellow county man and former Tyrone star. Kyle, how's it going? Uh, I, w- I wish I could say all was good, but after <laughs> yesterday, um, not so good. Well, let's just get into it yesterday because, I mean, <laughs> well, there's only two games on this weekend and obviously only really one of them is worth talking about and that's obviously Derry and Fermanagh. No, I'm only joking. We're going to go straight into the Tyrone game. We're going to go straight into Ryan O'Toole's goal and like the fact that he even went for goal because sometimes Gaelic football doesn't make sense and this goal made absolutely no sense. Like the fact that he didn't fist it over the bar to draw the game. He was at such a tight angle. He had a defender and a keeper to beat. I mean, there was also a spare Monaghan man at the far post that he could have hit it to. What was going through his head, Kay? Um, I'm not sure what was going through his head because over the last number of years, J.A.s went down to percentages and uh, um, the percentages were not in his favour to be going for goals. It was, that was a punch over the bar or... I'm sure that they've done it a thin a million times that the walk-in goal they took it fist across the square and palm it in but Ryan O'Toole didn't do any of that and do you know what I think what's been left out of all the conversations that you've seen online is the distance he shot from mm-hmm. uh, there, was, there was probably one more play of the ball in terms of maybe another bounce just to take himself a few yards closer to give himself a better chance but by God he, he let rip and um I think Mel Morgan actually wasn't happy with the position of, of um, Cormac Monroe. I think it was that Mel sort of, you sort of see him sitting up to have a look as if to say, you were in my eye line. Um, I know Mel will be disappointed himself with uh, the ball going through his legs, but um, very, very brave move to take on a shot from there. And I've seen the, seen the clip today with the 75th minute and maybe 38 or 28 seconds. Crazy, but fair play to him. It's a brave move. No, it was absolutely insane. And then it puts into context as well, Tyrone had two goal efforts and they went for the fisted effort. Uh, Matty Donnelly fisted it over the bar and Con Kilpatrick fisted it over the bar. And like at the time, no one was really saying, oh, they definitely should have went for goal. It was sort of like, well, that's what you do. But now it looks bad because Ryan O'Toole <coughs> did take his chances. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Like you're a big, you're anti fisted over the bar now. Well, I just I don't think Niall Morgan was was ready for it. Kyle said uh, he shot early, and he did. He shot before anyone was ready for the shot. Yeah. And watching the game, you didn't even you didn't even you weren't ready for a shot whatsoever. Um. So it was just it was pure instinct. That was what he said after the game. He just said he'd go for it. Why not? And geez, it was beautiful to see because. One point down, you would expect a lad when he gets a chance like that. It's not an easy chance. It's like it's a tough. It's it wasn't simple by any means. There was two men there. McNamee was back as well, 
and you think, you know, you'll take the point, you'll take the draw. But at the same time, I was, it's only after this, in hindsight, it mm-hmm. comes to me like that if he fists that over the bar, Tyrone are going to go down the other end and they're going to either win the game or it'll be extra time and Tyrone will win. Mm-hmm. Because Monaghan were out on their feet. They were down Desi Ward on the day, which is a thing you'd forget. Do you know that their squad is a bit thinner than Tyrone's? And like I would have heavily fancied Tyrone to, to win an extra time. So when you think back, he had to go for it. Yeah. He got the opportunity. He did go for it and he buried it. And it was absolutely brilliant. The hair was standing on the back of my neck yeah. after watching that. And I'm not even close to Tyrone or Monaghan or anything, but just... It was the type, it was pure championship stuff and, yeah. you know, you'd be absolutely buzzing watching it and a young lad on his championship debut to do that, um, you know, it was, it kind of heralded the championship, the championship is here. Yeah, well, that's enough of that anti-Tyrone crack now, hang on. I just want to, because we had a very strong first half. I tried to avoid cliches, but it was a game of two halves, like, and Tyrone, five points up in the first half, Kyle, probably could have been more. I mean, Dark Yanovan was absolutely flying it. McCurry was a bit, he definitely was one of the players who stood up more in the second half, actually. Matty Donnelly was really uh, getting involved in things. Connor Mailer scoring two points from uh, halfback. What what changed at halftime so Monaghan could make this turnaround happen? I don't think that... Um, looking at the game, and I, I, I watched the game on just the two different platforms, so I listened to the interviews of both sides of the pundits, but I don't think there's been a big enough factor made of the breeze. Um there, there has to be a, a been a huge breeze blown, blown until blown in the favour of Tyrone in the first half and obviously Monaghan in the second half because Tyrone were mixing the game really, really well in the first half. They were they were running it, they were kicking it, but that kicking option we could see because Monaghan were leave, Monaghan had to push bodies forward. They were doing it the first half anyway, but they they were leaving spaces in behind and Tyrone just had to run every single ball. Um, so I think the, the breeze definitely had a huge, huge burn on on the game because even the shots that Darren McCurry took a couple in the second half um, from the left-hand side and the tailed wide of the far post. And then if you look at Conor McManus's kick in the first half where he kicked from where Healy Park's yeah. down side, there seemed to be a breeze maybe the favouring down into that far left corner. So it seemed to, to, to favour someone shooting from that side of the pitch. But the breeze definitely made a huge difference. But... What what thing what what made a huge difference was winning primary possession from for Monaghan from their own kickers. Mm. Um, they were able to get their hands on the ball, and then all of a sudden, Tyrone were retreating off and letting them come till a certain distance, and that was just a biting pressure the whole time. Uh, Monaghan pegged on the first few points uh, from the second half, and then the thing just snowballed, and it it was hard. I think was it Matty Donnelly got the first score of the second half for throwing a punch point, so they, they were struggling at that stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned the kickouts there because I thought Tyrone were fairly dominant winning the kickouts in the first half. And the two big boys in the middle, Con Kilpatrick, Brian Kennedy. But what what changed in the second half? Did Bonin seem to sort of like they were nearly winning the breaking ball more than a clean kickout? You know, rather than going for chest, they maybe bundled in the middle, went wide. What were Monaghan trying to do to to change the kickout strategy? Well, what they were doing is they were just keeping Tyrone honest. So if Tyrone did push up. Monaghan went long and they backed themselves to get a few bodies from the half back, uh, the half back line around, the, around that break. Mm-hmm. But if Tyrone retreated off, we've seen a number of times Rory Began did just maybe 20, 25 yards out to his left or right hand side and then it was a 1-2 and he was automatically getting the ball to be the plus one again. So Tyrone were caught between two stools uh, um, and unfortunately, whenever the ball was in the air, Monaghan were winning those breaks and Look, momentum is a great thing in GA matches. I know you both know that. Yeah. When the tight against you, it's very, very, very hard to turn. And look, I'll be honest, I, I was gobsmacked to see Matty Donnelly coming off the pitch. Um, to me, the camera panned to him one side and he's standing with a gum shield and he's leaned up against like a bit of a steel stanchion against the sub bench. And he didn't look like someone who was injured or out on his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the experience that Tyrone were, were, were going to need in the late dying moments of that game and I, I was disappointed now to, to see him come off the pitch Yeah I mean you took the words out of our mouth because we were going to talk about that Niall just how, how good Matty Donnelly has been first of all this season like he looks like the Matty Donnelly pre the, his serious injuries you know it's taken him a little while just to get back into this sort of thing and three points from play 
he he's the full forward in that deadly full forward line. Of course, he plays more of a Roman role, but like he's getting his hands on ball. He's a leader. He basically <clears throat> dragged us over the line when we played Kerry in the, in the league that time. Like, what what did you think? Was there any logic in taking him off at that stage? Well, Derek Hanavan to me was the star man in in the first half. Mm-hmm. He what one four from play, but at the same time. Matty Donnelly was, he's the main man and he's the fulcrum and he's the lad that everything goes through. And when he gets the ball, it's just, you, you know Everton is safe when Matty Donnelly has the ball. He rarely, if ever, makes a wrong decision. He never does because he just, he knows what he's doing. He's so composed. He'd score three brilliant points. Maybe one of them, we're talking about Ryan O'Toole's goal. He could have gone for a goal. He fisted one over the bar himself. But he showed just the pure Matty Donnelly class. Mm-hmm that we're all used to, to set up that chance for himself. And he was on top form yesterday. Um, it was around the 60-minute mark he was taken off, I think. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I couldn't believe it when the camera panned to him. Yeah. Of all people, like Matty Donnelly on fire at his best. Um, I don't know, the only thing you could think of is, is was Doher and Fergal Logan trying to get a bit of game time into the young lads thinking... You know, yeah, because it was really Canavan came on and Michael McLean, I think, and he's maybe thinking these lads need championship experience. And then there's also the, the, you know, the safety net of knowing that we're in this group stage anyway. You know, mm-hmm. like obviously they want to win an Ulster Championship, but it isn't the same Ulster Championship that it used to be. Um, in terms of taking people off, there was another substitute as well. Is it McPhillips? Was he? McPhillips came off, yeah, yeah. after 34 minutes. 34 yeah. minutes, he got substituted. Now, now you. Now, another week you were saying that that shouldn't happen, like players shouldn't be taken off, but when you get the win, is it justified? Well, in this case, I think it probably was justified because the change that Vinnie Corey made, then Shane Carey was the man that came on and he goes straight over to Conor McCarthy and he says, you could even you could even lip read him as he's saying it to me, he said, you're going to wing back. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the camera was at the back of McCarthy's head, but I'd say he was he was looking at him like, me wing back, I like I can't imagine it's a place he's used to. Yeah. But that was the the change that that changed the game. It completely changed the game because, like Connor McCarthy was he was anonymous in the first half. Was like we barely even seen him on the ball. Mm-hmm. And this is one of Monaghan's key men. And then in the second half, from wing back, the energy he had it was bombing straight down the middle, straight down the middle. And Tyrone couldn't they couldn't keep up with him. Number one, and he was so direct. And he has that bit of class then. The first mm-hmm. point he got was pure class. He, he wasn't even sprinting. He was kind of going, he was kind of jogging down the field with the ball, but he could cut out. And maybe as Kyle mentioned, the wind yeah. helped for that point. Yeah. It was a good distance out. And, you know, that was probably the change that, that changed the game yes. for Monaghan. But, Nearly but, justified in that situation. What about you, Kyle? Have you ever been hooked before halftime? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've been hooked before halftime, but uh, I've been hooked at halftime plenty of times. <laughs> Well, what are you, could you imagine if you ever were to step into a manager or a coach's uh, role and what was it so there was 34 minutes on the clock at that stage maybe 4 minutes of injury time it's a young lad's championship debut do you know are you doing more harm than good like, would you, do you think that's a decision you would have made um, honestly it, it, it's a tough decision to make um, you can see he didn't coming off the pitch you, you know sometimes you can see it in a, in a visible reaction for someone that, that can be very, very disappointed. The young lad was getting a, a tough time. Uh, uh, the two lads inside were winning a lot of primary possession, uh, and there was a lot of scores was coming. You know, if they weren't scoring directly, there was a lot of scores coming off either Derek Hennepin or or um, Darren McCurry. So, uh, as Niall rightly says, this is probably a bigger issue if Monaghan don't go on to win the game. And that that decision to move Conor McCarthy. I know that Conor McCarthy did play a wee bit of football last year. I think at wing back either five or seven for Monaghan in a few league games, which he, obviously he's not really used to to playing there. But he would have some um, knowledge of the role. And look, let, let's be honest, five or seven at the, at the moment with, with your face, you know, playing against or you know playing into into the goals is, is a huge. Advantage because when you're playing against a block defence and you're playing with your back to goal, you can get swarmed up very, very easy against a Tyrone team who are setting up, you know, 12, 13 bodies behind the ball. But Conor McCarthy's um, first point where he was sort of just waiting on, on Conor Miller to take that step so he could cut back and 
swing the left leg at it was was a great score. And then his second point where he made a run through and just an unfortunate bounce of the ball because Nelson Ludden done a wonderful tackle, but it just fell back in Conor McCarthy's lap and he just had the, the composure to knock it over with the right foot. But look, it's a decision that today in the Monaghan camp is justified, but realistically, four or five minutes would have made that much of it. We don't know, but hopefully it, it doesn't affect the young lad's confidence. Mm-hmm. Well, one man who definitely doesn't lack confidence is Conor McManus. Um, his evergreen personified. Uh, he's just, you know, he was outstanding again. I thought Ronan McNamee did a very good job on him. He only scored one point from play. But, like, the presence he has, and I reckon if you're a Monaghan player and you know he's on the pitch, you'll just be filled with confidence knowing that, you know, you're always within the chance. Um, some of the free kicks, he t- free kicks that he takes is just ridiculous. Uh, like, watching the game, I was at Healy Park and you're thinking, oh, yeah, that's a smart foul. But then you're like, oh no, Conor McManus is going to take it from that distance. That's actually a point. Do you know who suddenly the, the scoring zone's a little bit bigger and you have to be really careful where you're tackling in that regard. And Sorry, you played against him, uh, Kyle, obviously maybe not in close quarters to the ends of the pitch, but what, what's what's he like to come up against? Like, Would he have been the focus of uh, your game plans going into that week trying to stop a Conor McManus? Absolutely. Um, I played, uh, played against uh, Conor uh, probably 10 or 12 times over the, the course of league and championship games and there, there was never uh, a day that we would doubt that he probably wasn't the sole focus of their attack. Yes, the, there was a number of other threats and we had to, to curtail them but there's no doubt that number one target on, on for our defence would have been you know, if we stop Conor McManus we have a good, we go a good way to win in the game but I think that, uh, that not that it's underappreciated but there are certain players that, that can kick the ball from a standing position or with a very limited um, amount of room. And, and Conor McManus is one of those players where all he needs need is one of those yards, like a bit like how David Clifford kicks were, kicks very, very high over the block a lot, a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. But like Conor McManus's point that time from, from the step side, as you say, talked about into the face of a breeze. He, he's a fabulous striker of the ball. Um, and I did love the the walk-off between him and Rory Began. Um, Rory had missed a couple previously to that, and that one at the 45, like, that's a tough kick. But um, you have to give him credit to, at that stage of the game uh, just to back himself, as I say, from the wrong side. Look, we know Rory Began gets that distance easy, yeah. but his accuracy might have just been off on the day. Conor McManus says, no, hold on, I'll have a wee bit of this. Yeah, you seen that conversation now that Conor McManus was never going to put that down, was he? No, no. The form he was on, the way he was playing, he's just, he's one of these players, he doesn't seem to be phased by whatever is going on. It just doesn't seem to matter to him whether there's pressure. He he backs himself every single time. And do you know what I love about him too is he's that bit of bite. He's he's obviously learned it from, what is he, 17, 18 years playing for Monaghan now. Mm-hmm. And as Kyle said, he was the main man, the man that teams tried to stop all the time. But I seen when, when Ryan O'Toole got the goal, McManus was in. He was a good 10 yards away from Porter Campsey and he comes over and pushes him on the <laughs> ground, you know. Because then they're probably after having, you know, a good few collisions and a ding-dong battle throughout the game and this is the end of it. And Conor McManus, you know, he's well able to stand up for himself and sure, he's learned it from years of having lads hanging out of him mm-hmm. and it doesn't phase him and to, yeah, to send Roy Began back. And Began... Like, he, I thought Began had a brilliant game. I know he was probably at fault. The kick-out was, it was an awkward one for Darren Hughes that led to Derek Hanavan's goal early on and Con Kilpatrick did well to pressure him. But other than that, I don't think Rory Began put a foot wrong. Yeah. And usually I'd be one, seeing him on the ball, I wouldn't be the most confident in him yeah. in, in open play. But yesterday I just thought he, he was, I think it was even coming up to the goal. I was, it was it was Ryan Wiley was on the ball and I was like, give that to Rory Began. He mm-hmm. will put it over the bar. Give it to him. And Ryan Wiley kept going. It was to Carl O'Connell, another man who was, I thought he was unbelievable, coming in to replace Desi War, 34 years of age, and he looked like the fittest man on the pitch, like yeah. a 22-year-old. But just, um, yeah, Rory Began, Conor McManus, unbelievable for Monaghan. I'm one of Monaghan's, I'm one of their <laughs> biggest fans because what a year it's been for them like we we all were tipping him to go down, yeah. except for myself and my ad in the league, and they stayed up. They showed unbelievable guts, and that was the way it was yesterday. They just 
show guts and courage and you know they have the class as well um, like we're talking about Ryan O'Toole going for it and going for yeah. that goal and sure we had it earlier in the game as well when McCarran took the little quick free to McManus you know they went for the goal when the, when the points were on and that's what Monaghan do and I think that's why so many people love Monaghan yeah no definitely and like <laughs> Maybe people, you two boys don't. Today, no, I'm not a big fan at the minute. No, um, <laughs> I'm still still stung a little bit. But like, yeah, you know, people spend a lot of money on Botox and stuff and trying to stay young. I think you just need to be from Monaghan because they've cracked the secret. Doesn't matter what age they are, they're still just yeah. in the prime. Or the prime in Monaghan just lasts a lot longer. Yeah, for sure, whatever Darren reason. Hughes, Carol O'Connell, Conor McMahon. It's all these. Like boys. the list goes on. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, I got add Kieran Hughes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He was fantastic when he came on. Um. Kill just on McManus one last time. Where would you rate him in terms of? Because I, I mean, I, I'll just say it, like I, I think he might be the best forward in the last decade, and it's certainly in in Ulster football. Like, how, how highly would you rate him? I suppose Michael Murphy's maybe the nearest competitor, or, or what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, um, there's there's going to be no disagreement from me. Um, I've been on the losing end a few times, lucky enough probably to be on on the winning side on a majority of times it's playing against Conor McManus, but, you know, you have to to give credit where credit's due. Um, there's some times that you just have to stand back. I, I, I like that wee bit of appreciation from me, even from Colin Kilpatrick yesterday. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but McManus kicks the ball over the bar from the free kick and, and Colin sort of just walks past and smiles to say, look, if you're doing that, there's nothing we can do that, you know, we're fouling you out there to, to stop you from scoring and you still put it over the bar but just to go back to what you were saying there's there's no there's no doubt that he, he's up there in Ulster football in the top two or three over the last decade there's probably himself and Michael Murphy fighting for that crown but every time Monaghan the last game of the league against Mayo I think it was what he scored 1-6 is it um, he got that day out uh, sensational just for, for someone look I, I know that your your body when you get to a certain age, it starts to, to deteriorate and get that wee bit slower. And but to be still going at that speed and that pace at, at 36 is a credit to himself, and he must keep his, his body in in serious shape. So, but there one one, one thing that I didn't notice yesterday, a lot of people had Padraig Hamsey down to, probably to mark um, Conor McManus because mm-hmm. that has been the, the case over you know, the last few years, and Rona McNamee to, to, to go to Jack McCarran, but. I thought Tyrone yesterday got their matchups right in that regard. Mm-hmm. Not often we, we, we see Jack McCarn hooked um, because he is a very influential player for, for Monaghan. And uh, as we said, McManus was influential for, for for Monaghan as well in regards to he was at everything good for him. But Ronan McNamee done a huge job at stopping him, you know, at source for, mm-hmm. from scores from play. But just the, those free kicks and, and getting on the ball, and he won a free kick himself in in, in the first half. To, to, to knock it over, but without doubt he's up there and in, in the in the best ulcer seen in the last ten years. Yeah, Kyle, I, I wonder if that's just a thing in Tyrone that we seem to know because Rona McNamee doesn't seem to have the same I don't know presence outside of Tyrone in terms of like people understanding just how good he is because I sort of assumed that he would be taking up uh, Conor McManus like when Tyrone played Kerry in the semi final in twenty twenty one. When the year they went on to win it, I think it was him that marked David Clipper, and that sort of tells you everything you need to know. And it's not that obviously, I thought Paddy Hamsey did a brilliant job on, on Jack McCarran as well, and, and almost equally as dangerous forward. But where do you think Ronan doesn't get the same sort of recognition as maybe one of the top defenders? Like, uh, obviously, inside the county, we all understand it, but like, just outside of that, I don't think he gets the same respect. Do you agree? Um, I would. That's a, that's a hard question. I've never actually thought of it in, in that regard. Probably you're, you're right to a certain degree. He probably doesn't get that recognition. Maybe because he he's maybe not adding that, you know, maybe one or two scores, maybe just getting mm-hmm. up the pitch to get one or two scores. Maybe that's something that, but look, from from a Tyrone point of view, I can tell you that any time a Tyrone team's named and Ronan McNamee's not on it, yeah. you're, you know, you're a whole lot weaker at the back, but He's one of those players, and he's not made me saying he's as fast as the, the player he's marking. Um, that's just that's just the way Rooney is. Um, if he's marking a, a speed machine, there's a good chance he's keeping up with him. But if he's marking someone who's just not as quick, he can can do that job as well. We've seen him pick up Aidan O'Shea um, a few a few times as well, and he, he can mix it up in that physicality. So 
he probably doesn't get that appreciation outside the throne that, that that's deserved because he's a class player and it was it was good to see him get his, his reward. He soldiered a long time. I remember him making his um, <clears throat> debut down in, in Killarney. I'm not sure if you remember. Uh, he had actually got a... He had broken his ankle uh, and wasn't part of the, the team all all season. Um, we landed down to Killarney to play um, to play Kerry in the last round of the qualifiers or no, the all quarter quarterfinal I think it may have been. Uh-huh. And Hart, Hart called him in. Mickey Hart called him into the the showers and says, "You're Mark and Paul Galvin today." <laughs> and hadn't had only trained once, um, and and he got a yellow card in the first few minutes. So that that was his debut in a throne shirt, but and he, he served throne very very well from uh, the end of now. Yeah, I mean he's definitely a real warrior. Um, now you're practically a Monaghan person, so uh, an honorary Monterey on. Uh, an honorary Monaghan fan. <laughs> so, how do you see your chances against Derry? Ooh, uh, I think, uh, well, I would often see Jack McCarran as the key man, uh, maybe not alongside McManus, but the next key man. And I think, I know Potty Hampson, he did a good job in it, but I don't think Jack McCarran was right at all yesterday. It's, usually he wears the he was wearing these long bicycle shorts down to the knees and uh, we know Jack McCarran has, has bad hamstrings. He's, he's pulled them a, a good few times during his career. I don't think he was right. He, he didn't seem to be able to sprint, didn't seem to be able to move right and when he was whipped off, he was kind of, there seemed to be a bit of a limp on him. So I think a lot of it will hinge on if they can get him back fit. What if the, is it two weeks now before yeah. the, the Derry game? So he'll be, he'll be up against it. Um, but I think there's be you'd be a fool if you did write off Monaghan because like mm. how can you how can you after the the Houdini escape they had in the league they've done it so many times um, over the last few years the way they beat Tyrone yesterday you're thinking they're dead and buried after ten minutes you're thinking they're dead and buried at half time so they managed to hang in there um, I certainly wouldn't be backing against them I probably would back back them yeah <laughs> yeah no uh, Rory Gallagher was at the match actually I seen him in. I'm seeing him in the pub. He had one or two and he's enjoying himself, I'm sure, preparing. Um, do you think he'd be happy, Kyle, that he avoided Tyrone or after watching that Monaghan performance, he'd be, you know, like where, where do you think his head would be after seeing that game? Uh, I, I don't think Rory Gallagher really minds too much who he plays. It's, it's more what, what him and Derry do. But uh, I think from a Tyrone point of view, they would have wanted to, to write that wrong mm-hmm. more so than, than than being the other way about. I think Tyrone would have wanted to, to play Derry again and give a better account of themselves because we've seen last year that it was a very on tone like performance. They were caught on the hop by Derry, who are, have been have surprised me at that time and what they done last year. They, they, I didn't think that they were at that level um, and they, they had an exceptional year, but. I don't think Rory would mind who he plays. Um, I think that he'd be happy enough that that Mona or that they they done themselves justice and, and got out of the potential banana skin on Saturday. But Monaghan have a huge chance. Um, I don't think now. I I don't agree with that. I think that's the potty hamstring effect that hurts the hamstrings. Um, that's I think that just potty is a tigerish and physical defender, and I think that the um, he just didn't give Jack McCarn the room to operate on. We've seen that Jack McCarn likes to get the ball inside, but if you look at where he was coming to receive the ball, he was coming through the ball a lot. Yesterday, he was coming looking at just sort of handed to him because he couldn't get that room inside off um, um, Potter Campsey. He was, he, he was mm. finding it tough to get first phase possession, so he was coming out to sort of get that possession a bit more easy. But when you look at it, Monaghan will definitely fancy the chances because they, they, they'll now have that ever-growing confidence and listen to there was, a, there was a Charlie Gallagher's interview after the match as well and he just he was just amazed nearly to be on the same team as Conor McManus he was saying we, we, when we're alongside these boys they, we, they just want us to take along with us so mm-hmm. it, it, it's, a, it's a new bit of belief that maybe Monaghan haven't had over the last few years I know that they, you never can write them off but maybe this is just that we extra push that they need yeah, they're definitely on the crest of a wave at the minute. And if, uh, in fairness to Jack McCarn, if Potty Hamstring was coming up to me, I think my hamstring would suddenly get a bit sore as well. <laughs> um, we'll not leave Throne 
just out to dry just yet because there was some positives genuinely um if you think about the fact like Derek Yanovin's performance you know we've been waiting on this for a good while and it's not because he hasn't been performing it's just because he's been very unlucky with injuries but this is maybe the first time he's got a full league campaign under his belt and he's got into like full flow scored 1-5 yesterday Darren McCurry was as dangerous as ever like that full full that full forward line scored 113 between them which is just you know that's going to cause anyone problems they scored 118 in an Ulster Championship game you would like any other day you'd think that would win games they look like they could really mix up their game there's you know options to say that maybe they're they were unlucky in certain parts Monaghan were definitely the deserving winners in the end but I mean it, it's not all doom and gloom for Tyrone could they take positives from this uh, absolutely um you, you look at it and everyone's saying the same thing uh, and it sounds cliche and it, it just sounds oh, it, it was a game of two halves um Tyrone will, will go through that video of the second half with a fine tooth comb and they'll they'll want to point out a lot of things that didn't go their way or a lot of things that they could have done differently but when you when you analyze the first half you know you have to give credit I, I thought Niall Morgan's kickers in the first half was absolutely exceptional. Mm-hmm. I thought the two lads in the middle of the field, Brian Kennedy and Colin Kilpatrick, their driving force, when you look at it, Colin's probably the more attacking midfielder and Brian is the defensive midfielder turning over ball, getting physical. I thought he was brilliant. Now, one place maybe yesterday that wasn't firing all cylinders was our half-forward line, which maybe that they could take a look at and see Frank Burns probably played more as an orthodox half-forward at times and wasn't getting back to, to, do, to using his, his usual sweeper role. But like Derek Canavan yesterday was just, like every time he got, got the ball, you sort of sat forward a wee bit on your seat. You were just edging, just, you know, because you weren't sure if he was going to throw a dummy. You weren't sure if he was going to kick it off his right, off his left. Let's finish for the goal. M- most other players just, the way Ryan O'Toole drove his shot is the way most players would be going for goals, but the way that Derek Canavan sort of sat Rory begging down, leaned his body out to the left-hand side and tucked it away to the far side was, was really, really good. But I thought Throne got their their, um, their blend right yesterday. They knew when to run the ball with that breeze and, and they weren't forcing it where it was, you know, sometimes when teams have that wee bit of a breeze, they can force that kick pass an awful lot and, that's when you see balls going over the end line and balls going astray. But the thoughts thrown yesterday in the first half, when they do look at it, um, we all seen it yesterday, they got their mix of that game really, really well. And look, there's huge positives out of that game. I don't, uh, I said to a few a few people I was talking to today, I don't think that game's as high scoring. If the safety net of the, the pot of four is there, I don't mm. think it's as high scoring. That's, and that's why I think that both teams really went from it from the off and didn't sort of hinge back and keep possession. There was a lot of football players this which was great to see. Mm-hmm. Well, what are your thoughts on that, Niall, after seeing uh, Monaghan's reaction, maybe? Like, is the provincial championships a dead duck now because of the new format, or they mean just as much as they ever did? Well, I wouldn't say, I, they probably don't mean as much as they ever did. Like, uh, listening to Enda McGinley, he said he was t- talking to Peter Hart. Mm-hmm. This was on the Sunday game last night. He was talking to him on Saturday and he just said, you know, like it's Monaghan, it's the older championship. Obviously, obviously it's a big game and we're all we're all pumped. But, you know, it's not the be all and end all anymore. So I suppose that's what I'd, I'd ask Kyle. Like, what do you think? What will it be like in the Tyrone camp this year? Like, they're, what, they're maybe six weeks out yeah. from the All-Ireland series now. Like, do you maybe take a week off um, or do you go straight back into training Tuesday night, whatever it is? And as well as that, like who are who are the leaders in the in the Tyrone dressing room who'll be kind of steering the ship from from here for the next six weeks? Because it is it is a long time to go. Um, you know that's probably the only disadvantage of getting knocked out is it's a long time to go without a big game mm-hmm. to prepare for the All Ireland series. So yeah, who's the who's the main men, Kyle, who'll be kind of you know driving the thing on for Tyrone uh, over the next few weeks? Uh. I, I, I would say you're going to have your, your usual suspects. Um, you're, you're going to have probably your captain, um, Padre Hamsey. Well, that Padre is not, not a huge talker, but he'll say anything that, that's needed to say. But you're going to have your usual suspects in, in, in regards to Matty Donnelly, Niall Morgan, um, Kieran McGeary, Connor Myler. Those those are Tyrone leaders, um, and that's 
you know, if those boys are rowing one way, they, they're not. It's normally that everyone rows in behind them. Um, but it'll be interesting to see because I know that being knocked out of the Ulster Championship a few times and going to the back door, you might have had four or five weeks as well just to, to that next, obviously, knockout game. Um, Mickey Hart would have normally let us go back to our clubs for one week. Um, so you may have got that week off of, of going to Throne Train and then you may have been three weeks again back into, you know, made it a couple of weeks of, of heavy training along with tactical work. And then your your week of your game might have been, you know, a bit more um not relaxed but a bit less tapered of training and you've been to a lot a lot of tactical stuff and the whiteboards would have been out and your training would have been stopped. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I honestly don't know. I've come to in the night so I can taxi and let you know if there's any <laughs> any of the lads there to see what but it it, it maybe do them uh, the world of good because there's been nobody really obviously with, with their clubs on. Uh, from the turn of the year, we're about five weeks out from from the start of the league in in Tyrone. It's, in, it's down for the nineteenth of May, so it'll be interesting to see if Fergal and Brian think. Uh, I don't think it was conditioning that you know or anything like that 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 let the lads down. So I think that they might be do them world of good and let them go back to their clubs a week, have that sort of bit of downtime where they're, they're not traveling three and four nights a, a week up till to Gervahi and and back down the road, but. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. It's probably do them no harm. No, probably not. Um, I suppose the next game or the only other game that was on at the weekend was Derry and Fermanagh. And although it probably went the way you thought it would go in terms of the scoreline and it being fairly one sided, there were some surprising aspects to it. Like, and Philip McMahon said it a lot on uh, commentary. The fact that Fermanagh went man for man, didn't play with a sweeper. Uh, it just allowed Derry to really rip them apart because, I mean, it really plays into their hands when you go against them going man-to-man, especially with Oren Lynch coming right out past the halfway line. He's always going to be the free man. But I don't know now, like, if you play a sweeper, then there's two free men, you know. So, like, what what should Fermanagh do? Should they just go zonal clog up the middle and then you're still probably going to lose the game or you're at home, do you go for it? You can't do right for doing wrong. I think you just have to be, like... Derry are a level above Fermanagh and you could see that yesterday the likes of Ethan Doherty Brendan Rod- like they're just if they're one on one with Fermanagh men and they're just not able to keep up with them the boys are able to skip past them no bother and you know that's just going to happen like a sweeper is not going to do anything because you're just taking a man off who is a Podrick McGrugan you're taking someone off is a Garrett McKinless imagine leaving one of them free you're like you're asking for trouble like you're asking for a a hammering you know if you're doing that because these guys will go to town on you Derry attack they don't attack with 14 men they attack with 15 men because yeah. Oren Lynch is is nearly the, as far out the field and as involved as, as anyone um, I think he, he got man of the match on BBC mm-hmm. I still I still have my kind of a little bit sceptical about him like even the time uh, McGurn got the chance and Lynch is just kind of jogging back and this sweet I, I've talked about the sweeper keeper thing it gives me if I was a dairy man, I'd be, I'd have my heart would be in my mouth the whole way through the game, yeah. especially against a top team. I think they'll get caught out from it. Yeah. Um, well, they have done, and they have done. Damien yeah. Comer exactly. So I don't know. I just there's not much for Mana could have done. They could have maybe. I suppose the the Shane McGuigan goal maybe summed up just a little bit where they were kind of off because mm-hmm. they were one on one there. Shea Cullen was on McGuigan. McGuigan turns him. The other defenders like. Cullen was still there. The other defenders should know. They should know that this is trouble. This lad needs a hand. And instead, they're kind of hanging out on their own man. And ju- that's just the the, the change yeah. that you need to make. Like, you have to be there when there's a lad in trouble. You have to kind of use your head, I suppose, to, to be in the right place and to leave your man when yeah. there's danger there. But when you're playing Derry, like, them lads could have been completely out on their feet because Derry, we know how fit they are. Yeah. And there's so many of them bombing forward. The Fermanagh lads were just scrambling and they just weren't able to scramble well enough to, to stop there. And I don't think a sweeper would have done anything. What would it have done? You'd have just had another lad bombing from further out the field. Yeah, well, what would you have done, Gail, if you were in um, Kieran Donnelly's shoes? And also, what is, <laughs> what's your take on sweeper keepers? Are you as passionate about it as Niall? Uh, I, I actually, I, I'm, I enjoy it. Um, like I, I look at it yesterday and I see Rory Began, um just dink that ball inside and I'm thinking like that that's unbelievable that we have a, the keepers coming out to do that and why wouldn't you use you know that advantage like I honestly don't 
think Tyrone utilizes enough on their behalf. Like mm-hmm. Niall Morgan, I, I get this sense of, I, I was at the Arma on Antrim a few weeks ago and uh, Ethan Rafferty came out the pitch, he was a wee bit soft underneath and slipped a few times with the ball in hand and the crowd were going, oh, you know, like, as if, but if that had been the cornerback or the midfielder, that doesn't happen. You know, Ethan Rafferty is, is an accomplished outfield player. I understand maybe, you know, if that, Oren Lynch, it might be certainly different because he, he plays in goals, I think, for, for Marfalt. But like Niall Morgan was one of the top scorers in, in the Intermediate Championship last year for Eden Dork. Um, was has played full forward for his club and is an exceptional. Now, I, I can tell you now that Niall thinks he can play out field for Throne. <laughs> and he, he probably he would say himself, he's never, he probably just not, he would say he's probably just not fit enough for outfield. But I, I enjoy seeing the sweeper keeper. Um, I just think that it's sometimes another tactic. To, if you have that string to your bow, you can definitely use it. I think now Toronto have the handbrake on it a wee touch because Niall is definitely not out as far as um, he. Uh, I would like to see him come out. But in, in regards to for Pramana, it's a really hard situation. Kieran Donnelly was in a rock and a hard place. You know, I think it's. I think they got caught up too much in in man to man. I've seen a number of clips today on Twitter. We've all, there's a lot of slow-mo clips put out today after games of, you know, players marking players and movements mm-hmm. and a lot of different pages for that stuff. But there was a number of times that Derry were burned down in goals and that from on a, a defender was maybe standing with a Derry attacker, maybe the likes of Shane McGuigan or Paul Cassidy out on the wing, not being of any use to their defenders at all. Um, you know, I think tactically they got it wrong. I, I do. I think you have to clog the middle. And if they are going to shoot from, you know, outside the scoring zone mm-hmm. and they're going to peg on so many points, so be it. But I do think they left their middle open that wee bit too much. Uh, you know, once Oren Lynch was coming, one hand pass, there, there was their first or second score, Brendan Rodgers just broke the line and automatically then all from managers are chasing and then on the other side, again, they're, they're standing with the man, oh, I'm doing my job. Mm. You, you've got to be smart. You've got to sense danger. You've got to go put out a fire somewhere else. And that's, I think, where Fermanagh got it tactically wrong. I think they've got to close that middle. We called them throne um, back in the day, a smart man-to-man. So if your man wasn't in the play, you mm. stood maybe eight to ten yards off him and you could go and help your teammate out and... and Man, I think they're caught up uh, uh, very much so with that. You know, this is my man. I need to mark him. Yeah, that's it. You can almost take things too literally sometimes, can't you? Um. Well, in, in terms of Fermanagh, they did have some success, I guess, uh, especially in the second half. They got two goals, both from Shea Cullen uh, at the fullback. He's, he He's didn't the, think t- I was the only man have... with two goals at the championship so far. Yeah, the top top goals. And they were well took. They were well took. So they were um, both came from high balls, and I think they were attempted points that dropped short. And they just really weren't dealt with by the Derry defenders. Like, is that something Rory Gallagher be worried about? Do you think? I think a lot of teams seem to be when it's an attempted point to drop short. There mm. just seems to be panic stations everywhere because no one's expecting it. Yeah, you're not. You don't know what's coming, and as lads are scrambling under the high ball, and there was one, one lad. Uh, I'm not sure who it was going up to catch, but and you, lads just get lost. Yeah, lost under these high balls because you know it's kind of unexpected, and that's the way it comes and. Like for Mana, I think they're just yeah, Kyle Kyle's right, like, you know, that's smart man to man. That's a good way of putting it because you just you probably have to you have to weigh it up and you you can't be just like blindfolded marking your man. We're go- I'm just sticking with this, that I'm not doing at nets. You have to be clever about it as well. Um but at the same time for Mana can be they'll be a team that, you know, they've every chance now going forward, like I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be down on Fermanagh after after no, no. the weekend, not at all, because, do you know, they've lots of good lads. Alton Kelm gave Christy McCaig a tough time. Yeah, yeah. He he's did, flying. and the speed of that man. He's And he kicked a, two very good scores. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Quigley to come back as well. And they've a positive style as well, Fermanagh. Do you know, they yeah. they play attacking stuff. Um, so they could be a tip for the for the Talchin Cup coming forward because, mm-hmm. um, do you know, a very... They're just up against a Derry team who are on a different level to what they were. Um, look, the, 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 the game was probably over early on, but yeah. 
Fermanagh, you know, they kept, they didn't, they weren't in it really, but they, they kind of hung in there. Yeah, in that yeah They didn't yeah. disgrace themselves, like, so. No, that's um, it. I, I, like, I think, th- we were sort of talking earlier, like, uh, this Derry team, they're so ruthless when they know that they are the better team. Do you know, like, I was like, it was something like three out of the first four scores was like, Owen McAvoy, Oren Lynch, and uh, Patrick McGrogan. Like, two of the fullback line and the goalkeeper got on the score straight away. Like, it's, it's as if they were like, we're playing for mana, we know we're better. I'm definitely getting on the score sheet. Like, do you think, do, would you have had that sort of ruthlessness going in against games, um, Kyle, against certain opposition where you're like, I could definitely get a few here? Yeah, um, you have to give them credit. And that's one thing that I would say about Derry, um, and it was evident, I thought, of their play and, and their attacking play um, on Saturday was, so they they recognised early that, that Fermanagh were going man-to-man. So what they'd done, on, uh, on their other hand, they'll be, the way Derry defend is they defend in loads of numbers, loads of bodies. So they'll be their forwards will have a good way of breaking that down because they'll be facing that in a lot of game scenarios. And that's what they'll be doing in a lot of game scenarios. So they recognised really, really early that they were being faced up with man-to-man defending. Mm-hmm. So if you look at a lot of their attacks, they went till right to the corners, right to the wings, stood on the line, and that just automatically created challenge whenever um, Fermanagh or when Derry were attacking that. Fermanagh were so zoned in on man-to-man that they, they were, there, there was those sort of channels that they talk about, they, they were open. But mm-hmm. um, I, I do think that that's, when you look at Rory Gallagher's celebration, <laughs> you knew that Derry were backing themselves. You know, the, he had them boys pumped up and he, it maybe was a, a potential banana skin out in, the, out in the open and out in the media world, but Rory Gallagher wasn't letting that um, seep into the dairy camp whatsoever because that game was over after maybe 15 minutes you know realistically I know that Fermanagh scored two goals probably take, put the bad luck off it but that game was over with 15 or 20 minutes gone uh, Derry were, were, were never going were in full control they, they did back themselves you seem to say but Bobby McGrogan kicked his point maybe with a 20 metre uh, radius around him and nobody went or Lynch taps his over as well and, mm. and then the fist of point from the start so there was there, surely there does be days that you recognise the opposition just mightn't be at your level and, and you have to go out. Ultimately, the way we looked at it was if you give teams enough oxygen to stay in the game, you never know what can happen. Yeah, Fermanagh had no oxygen yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up uh, Rory Gallagher there because uh, he's the gift that keeps on giving. Now um, that celebration, I thought maybe it was my fault for thinking it, but I thought maybe he would have toned it down a little, just given that it's you know it's his own county, Fermanagh. He represented them, he managed them. But uh, he, he'll, he'll never change. Was it Paul Cassidy got second goal or was it McWigan? Cassidy. Cassidy. When Cassidy's goal goes in, it puts him 10 points up. <laughs> and Roy Gallagher is still, he's jumping around. He's jumping around like, do you know, this is a goal to win the All-Ireland final. Yeah. He's a madman. He's an yes. absolute madman. Like, I mean, like, so I've heard other uh, players say this before, that like, actually, when, when you have a manager like that, uh, you can feed off that passion and that energy and it really gets you up and going as well. But then you also hear things that like when they're really downtrodden and scro- screaming and roaring, it, it can be distracting and bring you down and you'd rather have a cool, calm, collected sort of head. Kel, you've probably played under several managers, obviously, throughout your career. Do, do you have a preference? Have you ever had a manager who would be uh, closer to the Gallagher scale of uh, screaming and passion? Well, you know, obviously... Through my own career, there was only um, one manager in that sort of time. It was Mickey Hart, but uh, Gavin Devlin. They were they were like chalk and cheese. Gavin's actually oh, yeah. um, probably better known probably better known as Horse in, in, in the couple in circles. But he is the manager of our club team at the moment, and he, he would be a bit maybe not just as lively as Rory Gallagher is, but Mickey would have been the cam one along the line, and 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 Gavin would have been definitely giving it giving it all that whenever there's a scores or um, but w- when you look at that celebration and look how Derry play and, and I've said this for m- maybe the last 18 months Derry play in, in how Rory Gallagher celebrates because they feed off that energy mm-hmm. they feed off that sort of wee bit of wee bit of nastiness just in, in the tackle Um that's that's their energy, and I can imagine like 
I, I seen something online a, a few weeks ago that someone was saying that you know Rory Gallagher was he, he was in the part of the dairy warm up and that was just the cameras. Like, I have no doubt that that's just how he is. I, I remember being at the All Ireland quarter final last year and I was watching Derry's warm up uh, and it was just a kick pass and drill across the pitch one side to the other. Rory Gallagher was in the middle of it, receiving balls, chipping it left and right. That, that's just him and that's just the way he manages and I genuinely you know I don't think he's playing up to the cameras I just think he is passionate and that's the way he, he goes about his business and look if Derry keep getting the success the way he's you know being passionate along the lines sure who's to blame Oh no here I, I definitely wouldn't be arguing with him that's for sure Um, just one last thing on the Derry game or one, one player in particular uh, Shane McGuigan I think he scored Two four two five two five, two, five. Two, five. Um, an excellent forward. He's always been like the the main man up front for Derry for a good number of years now, even before Gallagher came along. Um, now listen, Fermanagh helped out a little bit because they went man to man. He didn't have to really do, and the, and the game they were so pinned back. Shane didn't have to do the tracking back that he maybe would have had to done in, in other games. So he was near goal, and when you've got a player of his quality near goal, you know he's going to be really dangerous. But do you think now that he's up there with? the other number 14s that you think of when you think of big counties now, like maybe not McManus, obviously, because it's this different level, but I'm talking like, like your Jack McCarrens, you know, like your Darren McCurry's, like he is their focal point, but do you think he gets the same sort of, are teams afraid of Shane McGuigan? I'd say they are. I'd yeah. say when you're coming up against Derry, as Monaghan are now in two weeks, Shane McGuigan is the man. He's the man you're looking at because, um, it's probably McGuigan, um, Ethan Doherty and um, Paul Casty. They've been the three main men for Derry so far this year, as far as I can see. They're the lads that would put the fear into you. Mm-hmm. Do you know, we're coming up against this lad. This lad is, he's on fire. Yeah, and well, I, I just get the impression that other teams are more focused on Glass and Rogers and McKinless yeah. coming from the back lane. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe or, he has to, he probably has to have, do you know, that, big breakthrough performance in like a you know whether it's yeah. an Ulster final or an Ireland semi-final where he takes the game and scores whatever it is 1-5 or something like that Yeah, he probably hasn't done that in a like you know one of these huge games yet but I'd say the way he's going it's only a matter of time because he's playing with serious confidence the goal he got just smashed it like yeah. smashed it in and he got a point shortly after went for the top corner it went over the bar you know he's playing with serious confidence he's got great pace he's a brilliant shooter Coming in off the loop, he's great on the turn. He has it all, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say it is. It's only a matter of time before he, you know, he has that massive day where he's going to, uh, people will they'll have the fear of God then. Yeah, and look, he, I think he's only 25 and he's the vice captain. So he's obviously a real leader in the group in Gallagher, obviously. Uh, really rates him. Uh, where, where does he go in your rankings, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've been lucky now just to probably to see Shane in an awful lot of games live just with um, being at them. But he's, as Niall says, maybe that you know breakthrough performance hasn't been there. But when you look at it from a dairy point of view, he is their main man. And I know that you know when Monaghan is, you know, will be back in on Tuesday night or whatever night, the, and and they start to do their focus on dairy, they will be saying. Shane McGregor will be number one on the list and they'll be saying if we can stop him we will go a long way to winning the game and, and that's how teams you know yes there'll be other players uh, along those lines Paul Cathy is in exceptional form uh, what an engine he has Brendan Rodgers loves to break lines um, Connor Glass from the middle of the pitch he starts a lot of attacks but Shane he's probably not got the recognition he, he deserves just just yet, but you would imagine in due course, uh, if he keeps performing the way he's doing at the moment, he's you know there's not a game that goes out that he hasn't kicked you know five points or one four. He seems to be a really good goal getter as well. You know mm-hmm. he, he scored a number of them last year in the championship. He said two uh, in this year's championship as well. Cutta had three, went for the top corner in the shot that just went over the bar, but definitely and. Uh, no, a lot of teams have have potent forwards, and there's no doubt that that Shane McGuigan, you know, is inside that top, you know, number of players. You know, maybe the top eight or top ten. He, he's definitely in that bracket because on any day, 
you know, when he's on song, he's, he's really, really hard to stop. No, of course. Um, and he's an excellent penalty taker as well, which is, there he seemed, uh, I've said it before, like, I feel like they get penalties, but that's because they go in numbers and they're running so fast and he's always the person to dispatch them and he more often often than not does. Uh, Kyle, we're going to do a quick fire round for you if, if you think you're ready for that. Was that okay? Yeah, yeah. fire away. Good stuff, right. So we'll start with the hard stuff anyway. Uh, who's going to win the Ulster Championship? Um, Derry. Okay. Uh, favorite sport to watch outside of GA? Soccer. Who's your team? Man United. Uh, oh, right. And <laughs> it, it was it was it was painful to watch for a few years there, but uh, you know we we've turned the form, we turned the corner a wee bit. Uh, maybe last. Half a year or so, but hopefully there's signs of more things to go if we don't get any more injuries. No, I'm, I'm going to edit that bit out. We can't have any United. <laughs> um, <laughs> your favourite Gaelic footballer in the country right now? Favourite uh, favorite footballer in the moment is um, David Clifford. I, I just uh, I love that bit of flair and not knowing what's happening and his ability to, to kick scores. Next question you've actually already answered. It's sweeper keepers, yeah and nay. I'm going to change it just ever so slightly. You're a forward uh, in the modern game. If you had ever been asked to move into Nets to play this sort of Ethan Rafferty role, do you think you would enjoy it? Is it something you would be up for? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, what's not to love? You get that wee bit of freedom. You're, you're more than often um, the spare man and you have that bit of room. And I, I love to try and find a pass like uh, Rory Began done yesterday. So I would have... But, uh, not sure how I would have got on the road, but uh, it was mm. something that I, I would have uh, enjoyed to turn my hand to. Would you be confident with a shot stopping? Uh, well, that's not the bit that I mentioned there. No. I, <laughs> I mentioned pinging passes there. I, I, I might have been, uh, I might be too comfortable at, at someone burned down on top of me now. I hope <laughs> your club manager is listening, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get him in next I might be on for my club. I might be on for my club. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who is the best player to ever mark you, in your opinion? Uh, I've said a number of times, and one, one player that, that I always struggled with was, was Keith Higgins from Mayo. Uh, mm. so, someone that just loved tackling and loved, you know, loved that battle of, of one-on-one defending. And I think he's a, a really, really sticky defender and someone that, that um, I, I struggled with. Mm-hmm. And then just two more. Uh, who were? What's the best game that you've ever been involved in, like as a player? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, been involved in a, in a few um, crackers now, but there, there was one game, probably not known till uh, a lot of people, but uh, there, there was a. a club final a number of years ago and we did lose it but it was just it was exceptional to be involved in the county final on their own and hopefully we can get back to that one but it was a championship game back in 2009 and there was that many county games that they were great to be involved in but that one really does stick to mind mm-hmm. and then lastly who's going to win the All-Ireland this year? Um, I have a sneaky suspicion that uh, Kerry are, are tapering their, their game to to just be uh, to just be picking at the right time of the year. Uh, I had a as a friend of mine that was actually up at the house this week. Yeah, a big Kerry man would, would video a lot of games for them, and his word was that Kerry are simmering just nicely down in uh, Killarney at the moment. So uh, I, I have a sneaky suspicion that Kerry might be far away. Mm. Okay, well, that's all we have time for in terms of the football. Thanks so much to Kyle for coming on to the show. Hopefully, we'll get him on again very soon. And we'll be back with a bit of hurling chat with Niall McIntyre. Welcome back. We're just going to do a quick roundup of the hurling and the camogie. Uh, it's camogie first. Niall, Cork have lost five National Camogie League finals since 2015. Haven't won since 2013. What's going on? They would have been hoping that yesterday was the day, Lee, to, to right that wrong. Um, they've been coming into it, they've been in good form and Galway were missing a few. Galway have, it's been a more inexperienced team for, for Galway in this league, but Galway are, you know, they're a team, they know how to win finals. That's one thing you can definitely say because since Cahill Murray came in as manager in 2018, they've won five 
national titles, three national leagues and two All-Irelands. So Galway have, they've got the knack of winning. They've got it down to a fine art mm-hmm. at this stage when they're doing it yesterday with a new look team. There was lots of new look players, a new goalie, Fiona Ryan, um, Neve McPeak, Anya Keane, all these new players who came up from the intermediate team who won the All-Ireland um, last year. So it must be hugely satisfying for Cahill Murray that these girls, um, you know, they're stepping up. They're mm-hmm. stepping up into the big time and they're ready to go because Cork would, would have been favourites yesterday. Um, and, you know, they didn't play too bad. You were thinking at many stages throughout the game that Cork are the better team here. They probably should be further ahead. Um, but they just got hung in there. They got the two goals from uh, Carrie Dolan and Sabina Rabbit. Two well-taken goals and, you know, when it was coming down to 10 minutes to go, Galway were the team that you fancied. It's mm-hmm. um, it's worrying for Cork because they've lost the last two All-Ireland finals as well. Yeah. Lost to Kilkenny and um, lost to lost Kilkenny last year and Galway the year before. So, you know, these are, they'll, they're a young team, uh, a very young team in fairness, like Zvorla Cahillan, Fiona Keaton, Saoirse McCarthy. These are, are young girls, but they've, they've, you know, they've probably got into a bad habit of losing finals, so that'll be something they'll be looking to, to turn around. But yeah, Galway were they just they're hard to beat once they get to a final in Croke Park. Yeah, I mean psychologically it just hangs over you then because you know quarterfinals, semi-finals, you're flying you yourself, but once that final comes around the corner, suddenly all of the baggage of the old games are just being thrown up to your head. And, yeah. You know, you, you, it, it just becomes a big thing. Can become a hoodoo, like. Yeah, like mm. it's, it's like the Mayo effect, nearly it is. It's, it's scary stuff to think about. Uh, moving on to the hurling and Offaly are flying it. Offaly are absolutely flying in the Joe McDonough Cup. This is, well, they flew through the league, got promoted to Division 1 after beating um, Kildare in, the, in Division 2A decider. And since then, it's been, geez, it's been a tale of Offaly going one way and Kildare going the other, Offaly going up, Kildare going down, because um, that was a tight enough game. There was only four or five points in that one, the Division 2A um, f- final. But this time around, Offaly, they'd have been confident coming in, having beaten Leash um, last week, which was a huge win for Offaly, because Leash have been up at the top table for the last few, well, not at the top table, but they've been, you know, the best of the rest mm-hmm. um, the last few years. But Offaly beat them last week, and, you know, that would have gave them confidence coming in here. They'd already beaten Kildare. And things, Kildare, maybe they were hanging on. It was five points to three after 12 minutes. And then Mark Delaney, Kildare wing forward, gets a red card um, for apparently an off-the-ball incident. The referees uh, was called by his umpires and red card, you know. And from there, five points to three, Offaly scored 1-7 without reply. So it's one twelve to three points. Um you know, in the next, whatever, 10 or 15 minutes, game over. Mm-hmm. So, um, disappointing for Kildare. Like, Kildare were the common team. Nace had done brilliant in in the club, winning the Kildare Championship. And, you know, they gave Ballyhale a good game of it for, for, for long parts um, in the Leinster Club Championship. But having had a good league, they lost that final to, to Offaly. Mm-hmm. And since then, they were hammered by Carlo. Um 16 or 17 points last week beaten by Offaly well beaten here I think it was was a 10 or 11 points in this one and you know the game was over with um, with whatever 25 minutes gone so yeah. obviously the red card played its part but um, no Offaly are flying you would have thought when Oshin Kelly did his cruciate terrible terrible look for him mm-hmm. done his cruciate for a second time only after coming back from the other one nightmare stuff Offaly's key forward um you think, you know, Offaly could be in a bit of trouble. But Johnny Kelly, in his first year as manager, he's been involved for the last few years uh, under Michael Fenley. He has them flying. They're going as well as they have been in a long time now. Um, Killian Sampson is hurling brilliant stuff um, at wing back. Killian Kiley won three yesterday. Owen Cahill, uh, you know, he's deadly on the freeze. Um, so Offaly are, they're definitely the favourites now as the Joe McDonough hots up and... Uh, in the other game, it was a complete hammer and leash. Yeah, it's just kind of. I had to read this a couple of times. Leash seven twenty four down, fourteen points. Yeah, it just shows the you know the imbalance. Yeah, there's probably a big difference between the likes of Limerick, Tip, Kilkenny, down to maybe your leashes and Offaly's. 
there's a bit of a gulf there and then there's another huge gulf down to your downs who were hammered um yesterday at this point to see uh leash leash's forward line just cleaned up so what else can you say but um awfully are definitely the they're the team and uh they look like uh if they keep it up they'll they'll win that joe mcdonough cup but mm-hmm. look that hurling's be played You'd be glad to know. Oh, I'm, I can't wait. I can hardly contain myself. Um, thanks very much to Niall for rounding up the hurling and Komogi for us. That's all we have time for today. Remember to like, subscribe, follow, share. Do everything you need to do. The GAR. See you next week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.